Good morning, everybody, and welcome to TLC Live, like every Wednesday at 11 in the morning. Good morning, Orlando. Buenos dias. ¿Cómo you, estás? You said like every Wednesday, not as every Wednesday. Oh, my God. We started, with a, we started with the English classes now. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Uh, delighted that uh, you're able to join us. Uh, lots going on, right? A lot of going on, yeah. So How's Rodeo? Rodeo is great. I saw a 92-point bull ride yesterday. Oh, wow. Amazing bull ride. Wow. Um, well, it's a very, you know, everybody is going to the rodeo, you know, after two years. It's been a very exciting right, time. Right, And they have a lot of new things, restaurants, uh, food yes, trucks. Yes. New things that we didn't have before. Our friend Ben Berg opened up a restaurant. I went to it last night. It's called The Ranch. Oh. Yeah, it was packed. Over there. At the rodeo grounds between NRG and the Astrodome, it's not but not I... everybody watching is from Houston. No, well, of course, but but, but, but we are we have the the biggest rodeo. So we have the biggest rodeo. It goes mm -hmm. on for about three weeks, and it's a charity organization. Mm -hmm. So they give away hundreds of millions of dollars of scholarships uh, to kids from Texas. Correct, and so. it's going to empty this weekend, I believe. It right? ends uh, the rodeo competition on Saturday, and then. On Sunday, it's George Strait. Mm -hmm. Only a concert, not a rodeo. Oh, okay. Good are you gonna know. go see? Are you gonna go see George? My kid's gonna go, so probably if you invite me. I'm not. You have. <laughs> 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 okay, uh, that means that you're taking somebody else. No, no, I'm not going. Oh, you're not going. No. But let's get back on track. Uh, we have a lot going on, right? Mm -hmm. We have our Tough Tejano Awards at the Mays Museum, the Witte Center in San Antonio. April 5th, beginning at 11 or 11.30 in the morning. Correct. Uh, we are on the verge of selling out the event. And let me tell you why. We have a comedian from Houston by the name of Chingo Bling. Chingo has about a million point five followers, and he's extremely popular. He's going to be entertaining us during lunch. And then yesterday we got contacted by the governor's office, and the governor heard about Tough Tejano in San Antonio. So our special guest on April 5th in San Antonio will be the governor. So for those of you watching us in San Antonio, make sure you go to toughtejano.com and purchase your table or buy your ticket. We're selling both tables and tickets. And Henry Bonilla and Hope Andrade and Charlie Amato are the chairs of the event. Um, Silver Eagle Distributing, John Now out of San Antonio. Uh, has been a generous table sponsor, so it's really going well. I know. I'm, I'm very excited, but I wanted you to tell the story why um, these Tough Tejano Awards, We, I mean, at TLC has been doing Tough Tejano Awards, but this year is very special because last year the legislation passed the Tejano Day. Legislature. Legislature. Yeah. So, yeah, we have been... Um, Focusing on the contributions that Tejanos have made in Texas uh, since the 1800s. Of course, you know that in the 1800s, Texas was part of Mexico. And the Mexicans living north of the Rio Grande um, weren't getting the services. They believed that they were being taxed, but El, El DF, uh, Mexico City, was just taking their, their money and not providing them anything. And Tejanos actually started the movement to get Texas to become an in independent. And in 1813, declared Texas independent. Um, but it wasn't until 1836 that we became independent. And then the, the Tejanos that have lived here since the 1800s 
thousands and thousands of families have made tremendous contributions to the liberty and the freedom, not only of the Republic of Texas, but then Texas when it became part of the Union. And so we have felt here at TLC that Tejanos aren't um, recognized enough, particularly in our public education system. So we set out last year to pass legislation known as a concurrent uh, resolution, both in the Senate and the House, to have the first Tejano Day in Texas, which is April 6th every year. And uh, last legislative session, the governor signed uh, the recognition uh, making April 6th Tejano Day in Texas. So this year, April 5th, on the eve of Tejano Day, we're going to San Antonio. We're going to award the Tough Tejano Award that we've done every year, except the COVID years, and uh, we'll be in San Antonio. So if you're interested in attending and meeting a lot of great leaders in Texas, like Henry Bonilla and Hope Andrade and Charlie Amato and 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 the governor uh, and seeing Chingo Bling and enjoying a great meal and seeing Andrea, she's, <laughs> she's going to be quite the attraction. Join um, us at the Witty Center on April 5th, uh, about 11 o'clock in the morning. All the information is at tuftejano.com. That sounds like a circus. Like, oh, I'm going and see Andrea. <laughs> yeah, she'll be outside. She'll be the sideshow. <laughs> Anyway, and then beyond that, um, we wanted to continue the celebration of our Tejanos and um, do our part to uh, highlight Tejano music. As you know, Tejano music is a combination of, you know, a little bit of Mexican Norteño music, a little bit of German music, a little bit of Texas country western music. And it's all combined into Tejano music. Y también music. tiene un poco de cumbia. De Colombia. Un poco, pero no sí. mucho. Bueno. Yeah, don't get the Colombians in Ah, there. un poquito. But anyway, so on Cinco de Mayo, for those of you that aren't Spanish speakers, on May 5th, we are uh, bringing in Gary Hobbs, uh, a very famous Tejano band out of Eagle Pass, Texas, in Maverick County. And we will be at the West Wind Club on Gun, G-U-H-N, Gun Road, and the concert will be from 7 to 10, and so we booked Gary Hobbs. Tickets will be free. You'll have to go to our website. And register. Only need us register. Request a ticket. Yeah. You have to download a ticket to attend the free event. You'll have uh, be given two complimentary adult beverages. You'll be able to enjoy and dance to the ta uh, tunes of Gary Hobbs. And uh, we're going to have a lot of other famous local Houston Tejanos. So... If you want to join us, Cinco de Mayo, May 5th, at the West Wind on Gun Road, uh, make sure you go to our website, uh, TexasLatinoConservatives.com. I don't think the link is up yet. We hope to have it up tonight uh, or tomorrow so you can download your ticket. It's a free event. You'll get two adult beverages, and we have uh, uh, Miller uh, distributors as our um, sponsors. So that's going on. Cinco de Mayo is, uh, just to clarify, it's not the Mexican Independence Day, but... It, it's not. It's no, a, it's I not. Th I think it's an American-made, you know... Yeah, just to drink margaritas and yeah, beer. And, yeah, drink margaritas and just and have beer. fun. But uh, uh, last uh, March 1st, we had um, our primaries. And so today, we're going to have one of the candidates that made it for the runoff, and he is our dear friend, Mano de Ayala, that he is the candidate in for Texas State Representative District 133. He made it for the runoff, and we also at TLC, we are endorsing him and supporting him. So welcome, Mano. Bienvenido. 
eh, y pues felicitaciones y queremos que nos cuentes we want you to tell us about um, that experience and that campaign and going to the runoff and what is the plan for now till May 24th you know he came he, he's like a he's like a rodeo bull rider he came out of the chute pretty strong <laughs> I know he, he had a good ride so <laughs> hey welcome Manu how are you Uh, wonderful. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, love, love the show. Love what you guys do. Looking forward to Tough Tejano Day. And, uh, and that, what a score having uh, the governor come. That's, that's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. Well, and it'll be uh, a real special if you show up. We hope, we hope you're I'm, there. I'm planning, on I'm planning on it. You were Good. saying you're almost sold out, so we got to hurry. Yes, um, you need to hurry. <laughs> well, we'll be there. Okay, good. Um, So, Andrea, what you're saying is, yes, uh, it's one of those things you can plan service, but you can't plan a campaign because in a in a race like this, uh, the incumbent, Jimmy, Jim Murphy, uh, announced he wasn't seeking reelection and uh, that that started the ball rolling. So um, we did, just like you said, Orlando, we, we came out of the shoot. We came out very strong and um, a ton of support. Uh, this district is this West Houston district uh, where I um, had basically grown up and lived my whole life and uh, met my uh, my bride, my sweetheart uh, in high school, and we came back and raised our kids there. So so this is all home for us and uh, and the support that we had uh, just just as we came out was was really overwhelming and humbling. And, and we just built on that and good policy and uh, you know, good experience and uh, letting people get to know who, who I am and what I stand for, um, you know, really, really did well. So we're happy with, uh, with getting in the runoff and what, what's the saying? Uh, you don't ask someone who's just run a marathon, are you ready to run another marathon? But that's what the runoff is, is another marathon. So, well, uh, you know, I got to tell you something. I was talking to a dear friend of mine that I uh, invited to the Houston Rodeo the other night. You probably know him, Joseph McReynolds, uh, the Spring Branch Republicans. And mm -hmm. we were talking about, you know, politics because we both uh, enjoy that topic. And, and Joseph said that the runoff is like the calf scramble at the rodeo, right? You, you got to go find your calf, rope it and drag it back into the middle of the arena to win. And that's exactly right. what a runoff is. You guys, it's going to be a very low turnout race. So you guys are going to have to walk, walk the neighborhoods, work the phones, uh, send out a lot of texts, and, and, and literally get your voters to the polls. So the first, you know, the primary election had, you know, 80 plus races on the ballot. This one, well, you can count on one hand. So it's going to be a short ballot. Lines are going to be short. And if anyone's out there listening in, in House District 133, no lines, easy in and out, get out and vote. Um, but yeah, that's exactly what we have to do. Is we have to get our message out. Uh, we have five candidates in this race. And you know now we're down to two. So um, there, there's a lot of folks who have already made their mind up uh, with one candidate. And we need to reach out to them and, and let them know what our vision and our mission and our, our history and our background are backgrounds are and and uh you know hopefully win their vote there's a lot of things about campaigning that i that i could do without but there's a lot of campaigning that i like and the one-on-one -on -one at the door with voters and listening to what matters to people and being able to share you know what matters to me and 
and why I think I can help in an issue here or there. That's, I mean, that's awesome. I wish everyone could experience that. It's, it's, it's really a neat experience. Yeah. Have, I was going to me one quick okay. question. I'll let you in. Have you spoken to the other candidates that didn't make the runoff and how many of those have uh, endorsed you, Mono? Well, uh, yes, I, I've spoken to all of them and, and, you know, I, I've known them, uh, for, for a long time and, and, um, you know, they're very familiar uh, to me. Um, there are going to be public endorsements, uh, and I'm going to let those play out when, when, uh, when they do, but yes, I have had support from the other candidates. Good. Yeah. I was going to ask you, uh, you were uh, talking about campaigning and one-on-one experience and, you know, we know that these days is different that when uh, Orlando used to campaign for a, a city council member or for mayor, mm -hmm. because these days we have not only the traditional media, but we have the social media. But still, the 101 is still one of the, I think, the, 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 the one that made the most impact. So what is being the challenge for you and how is it going to be for now till May for you campaigning because we know that it's already a challenge to take people to go and vote on the primaries and it's a triple of challenge to take people to go and vote on the uh, on the runoffs right so the, the old saying and orlando knows this very well there's two ways to run uh, uh scared and hard right and uh so that's that's how you have to run every person you uh approach and talk to number one it means so much to them that you made the effort to go and talk to them about the things that that matter to you and to hear what matters to them. So that's the first step, showing up. you got to show up. Um, you know, there were uh, times just because of my workload in this campaign that uh, I wasn't able to show up as much as I wanted to. There's, I have n none of those issues now. So we are, we are showing up and I've got a great team around me. I got great support. Um, the overwhelming uh, reach uh, that, that uh, I had after the primary of, of our supporters uh, coming out. How can I help? Can I block walk? Can I do phone calls? Do you need money? Do you, all, whatever it was, it was overwhelming. So uh, we are positive that we're going to be gaining a lot of the support from uh, the voters of the three candidates who didn't make it. Um, based on our understanding, we were their second choice. So things look very good. We just have to execute and take nothing for granted and, and go run and win our race. Well, so. as one of our endorsed candidates, obviously, we're very proud of you. Uh, and, and we're going to be back in there to help you. One of the things that I think we do well at TLC is the ground game. So uh, we're looking forward to organizing some block walks with your team and, um, you know, sort of buttressing uh, your operations and, and reinforcing what you're doing whether it's phone banking, block walking, um, you know, doing some some additional mail. So we look forward to getting you across the finish line. Talk to us a little bit about, you know, now that you've had an opportunity to campaign in the House District 133, because every House mm -hmm. district is a little different from a, you know, geopolitical right. perspective. So what are the issues that you hear people talk about the most? What, what, what do you hear at the door? What are moms and dads, families, taxpayers telling you? Um really what you expect a uh, crime and again in different parts of the district it's it's more uh, of the top of the list than in others but you know we haven't seen 10 years ago some of the issues we're seeing now you know 10 years ago we didn't know we had this risk or vulnerability of the grid we didn't know we had 
the extent of a border security issue that 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 we're having. We didn't know that uh, that crime could get as bad as, as it's getting. We didn't know that uh, there was actually going to be a large group of our society that that doesn't support and and respect our our law enforcement. Mm -hmm. uh, those sorts of things and, and others. But you know, I think crime is at the top of the list. Um, I think, uh, you know, we're still talking about making sure that as a country, we have a secure border. Um, you know, those are the issues. Again, people like to talk a lot about national issues, but I try to focus more on the ones that are that are unique to the state. So so those are the ones that I'm mentioning. You know, one of the things that I'm always most proud of, and I always repeat this on the program, uh, what you're seeing right now are either immigrants or children of immigrants. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to let Mono tell his story, but... As everybody knows, I emigrated here from a communist country in 1962 from Havana, Cuba. Uh, Andrea is an immigrant from Colombia. And Mano, I think you have a similar story. So for those that haven't seen you before, why don't you share a little bit of your story? Sure. So, uh, you know, my parents were, were born and raised and married in, in Cuba. Uh, my two older brothers were born there. Um, along came this, this evil bearded man, Fidel Castro. Uh, and my parents uh, were fortunate enough and my two older brothers to escape. Um, soon after arriving here, uh, my dad volunteered with what's called at the time Brigade 2506 uh, to fight in the Bay of Pigs invasion to, to retake their country. Uh, when, when that failed, it became pretty clear uh, to my parents that uh, this was not a temporary place, this was home. And probably like your folks, my folks came with with virtually nothing uh, except an education. And five sons, uh, I grew up here in, in West Houston. Uh, this community embraced us, uh, gave us a ton of opportunity. Our schools gave us a ton of opportunity. Um, and we are living the American dream. And, you know, thanks to, um, you know, this country and this, this opportunity that there's no place on earth that you can you can have other than this country uh, made that possible. Uh, and if you go down the list, you know, we all have college degrees. Three of us have postgraduate degrees, engineers, MBAs, lawyers, doctors. Um, you know, this country is is a, been a blessing. And we grew up with that. We grew up knowing that uh, this was a very special place. And so when we see this, what I call this this uh, the small cancer growing in our country mm -hmm. uh, towards socialism and more communist ideology and this overreach of the government, it's scary because, as you know, Orlando, we've seen this on steroids. We've seen and heard of indoctrination in schools. You think what's happening in our schools here, uh, it, it's, a, it's a big problem here, but uh, it's on steroids in Cuba. And... And so, yeah, we can't let that stuff take root. And that's why growing up, that's always been an issue of mine, why I've spent so many years working to, you know, grow the conservative group in the Republican Party, help elect great candidates, conservative candidates, and, and promoting good conservative policies. And that's what you and I have been working on for a long, long time. And uh, you, you, you've been in office a long time. This, this is my first real stab at it. And uh, knock on wood, uh, hopefully I can... Uh, continue that work in this, this next chapter in my life. So good. Yeah. Um, so Mano, tell us, um, you know, 
crime is number one and education for sure. I believe that yeah. many families are telling you about this because we're not seeing, as, as you said very well, it's a cancer that we're seeing in our um, school districts. So right. tell us about the plan that you um, planning to address not only on the crime, but also in education and what other issues you are thinking about. So let me, let me answer that uh, like a lawyer would, and that is uh, long. Uh, the, the answer is, you know, first of all, the state has to do what it's supposed to do. The services and the function the state's supposed to do, we need to do well and efficiently and be good stewards of tax dollars. So when we get to, you know, K through 12 public education, we have, um, you know, we have a lot of issues that are both financial and uh, curriculum. Um, we need to do better to provide a curriculum that, that allows uh, our students to succeed in the next chapters of their lives and their opportunity, whether it's technical education, whether it's military or two-year schools or four-year schools, all of it, we need to prepare uh, our students for that. Uh, we also need to, where, especially in communities where we have poorly performing schools, we need to provide choice. Uh, and choice is, takes um, a lot of, it has a lot of faces. And one of them is, is a charter approach. Um, I've been working uh, hard for the last couple of years with a charter school uh, by the name of Heritage Classical Academy. And we've been trying to obtain our charter with the state of Texas. Um, we've done it for two years now. The Texas Education Agency keeps approving us and the state board uh, has not approved us the last two years. This is our third year to go through. But this is a specific charter school that's going to start out kindergarten through eighth grade, specifically in an area where all there are, are failing schools and there are no choices and geographically the children in those areas and those families are geographically stuck in failing schools. And if we can provide solutions, options, competition, choices for those families, we ought to be able to do that. And, you know, rising tide lifts all boats. The better the competition, the better the results from a competing school in your neighborhood, the better that public school is going to end up being. So I'm a big believer in school choice. I think I'm hearing that over and over uh, when I knock on doors. Um, and and I, again, again, that's something that Texas has taken steps to, to do. We just need to keep going down that path and, and do it more successfully. I couldn't agree so more. Long, you know, one of the, one of the saddest things that government uh, and, and one of the most tragic things that government can do yeah. is to tax us at the rate they do taxes, because everybody that is a property owner in the state of Texas receives a tax bill. And, uh, you know, towards the end of the year that you got to pay by end of February. And if you'll look at that, the highest tax rate is your local school district. And in Houston, uh, we're one of, we're the third largest school district in the United States. And sadly, Mono, very sadly, many of our schools are failing schools. They have failed at every, you know, measurable uh, uh, test that they put them through. Uh, and, and, and what's sad is that they're condemning those children to a poor life ahead of them because, as you say, without education, 
Uh, it's tough because this world is moving so quickly. Technology is so important. Not everybody, as you mentioned, needs a college degree, but there are opportunities. I, for example, went in the military and gained a lot of good skills. There are plenty mm -hmm. of community colleges. And, of course, then there are publicly uni uh, funded universities. But if these kids aren't prepared to take advantage either of the military and, you know, uh, frankly, I was invited by the U.S. Army about three weeks ago to come down to City Hall in the city of Houston and talk about the Army's recruiting effort. And sadly, even the Army says that a huge swath of the Houston, Texas population is ineligible to meet the requirements of uh, entry into the United States Armed Forces. That is an indictment of our public education system. It's not, you know, I don't blame teachers, but the bureaucracy of, of Texas education has be gotten out of control. And, and when you look at a school district like Houston and you see right. the feds invading the administration building and handcuffing, uh, you know, uh, trustees and executives uh, and accuse them of stealing millions of dollars in the failing schools, I don't know why Houston taxpayers put up with that. No, I, so, so I, uh, and I don't know, if, I think you know this, Orlando, but Governor Abbott appointed me a few years ago to the board of the Texas Board of Criminal Justice, which is our prison system. And with it is um, serving as a trustee of what's called the Wyndham School District. And the Wyndham School District is the school district for the prison system. And we have 65,000 participants in that school district. Um, twice double the size of SBISD Spring Branch Independent School District, which is in my district, my house district. Um, and I say that because if our families and if our schools do better jobs, do a better job of providing opportunity for, for our students and our, and our children growing up, then I'm going to see fewer students at the Wyndham School District in the prison system. And, and that's kind of the, the, the evolution is, you know, most crime um, involves character and lack of opportunity. And it's a combination of both. Um, and I don't want to oversimplify it, but, but if you really look at it, it's, it's, it's character plus opportunity. Uh, as a society, and this is one of the things that we need to be doing well as a state and within our school districts, and that is provide the education that allows for opportunity. The opportunity that I benefited from, uh, the opportunity my brothers benefited from, that you benefited from. So, you know, that's all we can do at the state level and at the school ISD level. Um, and, and the better job we do that, the fewer students I'm gonna see at the Wyndham School District. So that's, that's the idea there. Yeah, because we're seeing, I mean, it's it's incredible. The lack, you're, you're saying the lack of um, education and opportunities, and we're seeing more crime in the, in the youth and, like, the teenagers. We're seeing a lot of crime with them. We're seeing um, taking this going out of control, and it's it seems to me that it's a combination between a lack of education and opportunities not only at the school level and a school district, but also the parents. And oh, yeah. I don't know, I mean, you, you guys were raised in, in a different uh, time like I did too. And these days it's like, seems like you cannot tell your kids nothing. It's like, you know, no discipline. 
I think my mother would be arrested for all the times she pulled out the belt. My mom too. (laughs) My mom too. And there will be a bunch of moms in jail. You know those Latin moms? Don't get the chancleta or the cinturón, and they'll whip you. Yeah. So, so I think I think it's a it's it's tougher than that. It's deeper than that. The problem that we're seeing because it's not only at the school level but also the parents. Yeah, and 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 Mano, you know. it's it's sad uh, that the tasks of legislatures, both at the state and federal level, are to fix problems in society. And it's really disappointing to see, for example, um, uh, at the federal level, we've had an immigration problem in this country since 1986 when Ronald Reagan signed the Immigration Adjustment Act. 1986 was the last time the Congress decided to look at immigration. I, I don't get it. Why? Why? Why, when we elect these guys and ladies, they don't go to Washington and fix our problems? Same thing in the legislature of Texas. And this is very disappointing to me, that we can actually see that urban education systems are in trouble. Uh, They're in trouble in Houston. I know they've had some difficulties in Dallas. Uh, Urban... um, uh, rural and, and suburban school districts perform much, much better. So I, here's my appeal to you when you get elected. Roll up your sleeves because you come from an urban area and help fix the urban education problems. I, I, I think it's a sad commentary for our leadership because the majority of the, of the kids at, in the school district are minority children. And, and I don't want to feel like our legislature is walking away from urban minority kids. They deserve as much opportunity as you and I had and everybody else in the state of Texas. So to me, the most important issue facing the state of Texas is educating those urban kids that are now being served by failing schools. You bring up a, you bring up a topic that we could spend hours uh, talking about, but I'm going to try to Uh, distill it. You know, we, as conservatives, we believe in local control. We we like to have our decisions made locally as much as possible. Um, And so we we have a lot of deference there. But when the local decisions are failing, are failing our our kids, um, and especially when those decisions uh, infringe on, on, on our liberties and our freedoms, um, it is the state's responsibility to step in. The state has to come in and, and, and with its oversight, perform the function it needs to perform. Um, we don't want, and you and I agree on this, we don't want our schools uh, being the parents of our children. The parents of our children are the parents of our children. Um, the school does not raise our children. The parents raise their children. The school provides that piece of the puzzle that allows our kids to learn, understand their communities and their, and their science and their opportunities, their civics and all of those things um, and give them the opportunity to, to go out and be productive citizens. And that's what we want in a very basic way from our, from our school. And if they're not giving it, then we need to provide choices for those students where, where yeah. they have no choice. And look, look, I get it. But in the meantime, yeah, it, it, and we're out of time here. We got to go to our next guest. But let me just say this. This is what's frustrating. And this is what I think you have a challenge. As you well know, an African-American from the 
uh, from Houston, who is in the Texas House of Representatives, Harold Dutton, authored a bill that said if schools fail X number of times that the State Board of Education can move in, the, the, the education commissioner can come in, sort of like a bankruptcy, right, and, and take over this school to improve the quality of education. What did the citizens of Houston do from the school district? They find a bunch of folks to sue the state. Uh, Harold Dutton, an African-American, authored this bill that allows the mm -hmm. State Board of Education, this is what we were arguing at our press conference, yeah, in 2018. to take over the school. Mm -hmm. this, is, this is an urban legislator that gets it, and he's given the schools the opportunity to succeed, but if they don't, he says, we, the state, are going to step in. Now they've sued the state of Texas, and it's now making its way through the courts, and it'll take years, Mono. But in the meantime, it's the children and the taxpayers that are suffering because they're stuck, as you say, in those schools. So you've got a lot of work ahead of you. We're going to move Agreed. on to our next guest. I want to tell you, Mono, it's a beautiful day. So as soon as you get off the air here, you better go block walk. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. And as I call, uh, I call it call to action. Tell us how people can find you and how people can help you. Yes, uh, monoforstaterep.com. Uh, of course, contributions are, are always welcome, but there are places to volunteer. Um, if you sign up, there, there are ways that you can help. We appreciate any help we can get. Uh, I've been blessed uh, and I hope to be a blessing to everyone. Thank you. Gracias, Mano. Suerte y bueno, vamos a seguirlo apoyando. And as Mano said, um, one of the cancers is the socialism, the communism, and, and also is getting into our schools. Another cancer is the media. So that's why I am so happy to announce that our next guest, which is uh, our dear friend, Willy Lora, that he also was with us, uh, I, I believe, a year ago in our show. And he is the senior VP and GM of Americano. And Americano is the nation first Spanish language conservative network that launched last week. And I am so happy to see this going on. This is the first time that we have a conservative network in Spanish and is uh, so far it's going to be in satellite radio, uh, but uh, Willie is going to tell us not only the, the, the plans that it's in place right now, but in the future. Willie, ¿cómo estás? Buenos días. Gracias por acompañarnos y qué felicidad. No solamente volverte a tener en el programa, pero con esta super noticia, Americano Media. Gracias, Orlando. It's been a crazy week. It's been exciting. We've been working on the project in the past, well, started about five years, but seriously, in about a year and a half. The idea came about because of what you were saying. We need right information. We don't need more fake news. We don't need more programming of your brain with information. It's like, we decided that the community deserved more than that. You know, we, we, we need to give the right information. Uh, so what we're going to do is just bring in journalism back, bring in uh, ethics and balance and responsibility as to what journalism is. I think that we lost that. Uh, the poll that we're seeing reflects that. And, and, and what we thought about it, we actually seriously thought about how we come out. How we, come out. Uh, we agreed that we needed two things. We needed to bring people that have trust in the community 
trust with our audience. We did that. And not only be a what we call before just a Mexican show, that's a Cuban show. No, this is a uh, Hispanic uh, network center, center right, uh, where we bring the right message, the right information, and we're engaging the community at that level. And I think that that was that is the, respons the responsibility uh, to serve our community to use this tool as an educational tool and inform our community to, to make better decisions. Remember that a community that is misinformed is actually lacks in the power of the democracy. You know, the strength of that democracy is that allow people to make decisions based on the right information. And I think that's where our traditional networks have been failing, besides being politically uh, influenced. So we at Americano, we're trying to do that. Uh, we had uh, a partner in NLB, and we also, uh, besides being in, uh, on the internet and in SiriusXM, uh, we have our apps, Americano Media, both and, and, uh, for iPhone and, and Android. So we're going to try to be, you know, in so many platforms because we need the message to be heard. This is the first, as you were saying, conservative Spanish, Spanish conservative network, and we are really to make sure that our community gets the right information. Willie, uh, first of all, we have a bad connection, so I'm gonna I, because I think what you have to say is very important. I'm gonna ask you if you can log off and log back in, and uh, maybe well, we'll get a better connection because uh, you're you're perfect. breaking up quite a bit. Uh, well, but you know, Willie's absolutely correct, and this this is important. First of all, um, you know because you were in the business, yeah. and I know because I came from a communist country, the importance of a free media mm -hmm. to be able to say whatever they want to say. But what happened is, at least in North America, is that the left took over in, in the editorial boardrooms, uh, assignments editors, uh, public higher education, uh, editorial boardrooms. I've said all that, right? Manipulating and, everybody's so they brain, everybody's and, mind. And, and so I, I, I don't necessarily want a right-wing message. I just want the truth. Yeah. You know, it, tell us both sides Not of the agenda. story. Not agenda. Not an agenda, and let us decide. Correct. And too much of what we get in the media nowadays is has an agenda, as you say, Andrea. Mm -hmm. And and it's sad. Willie, you're back, and I hope we have a better connection. I, I was I just talking about a connection. Much better. Uh, I was <laughs> talking to Andrea about the importance of, you know, I, I don't want as a conservative to be fed conservative information. I want information. I want both sides of the story. I want to make my own decision. And beyond that, Willie, I was telling Andrea because she was in the industry for many years and I came from a communist country. And Willie as as well. Yeah. And 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 I wanna really talk about that because um I think we are agree on that the industry way, way before, uh, I would say 15 years, 20 years ago, is not the media that we're seeing these days. Yeah. And yeah. you and I, uh, Willie, we met back in that time. Um, yes. And, and that's why, you know, it's important to give people the perspective and why is, uh, I mean, I'm so happy that, that you guys launched this project, uh, Conservative Spanish, and talking about politics, but this is a result of what we're, I mean, what a, a perfect timing that you guys have. And, and what this. I was telling Andrea, Willie, is that I, I'm for a free press. I don't want the government to tell the press what to say. I want the press to be able to have an editorial opinion. 
present their side of the story. But but when I get the information, Willie, I want both sides. I want information. And for too long, information in this country has been dominated. You know, I'm sorry to say this, but but I think the left has infiltrated editorial boardrooms, assignments, desks in this country, you know, major university journalism schools. And it's refreshing that Americano is now going to bring in Spanish information that I think the community needs. One more editorial comment, because I live in Houston, Texas. We have two major Spanish networks. Let me tell you that in the 1990s, both Telemundo and Univision used to cover city hall and local politics extensively. Because the community got that information, we had six city council members and a city controller that were Hispanic. Over the last few years, Willie, Telemundo and Univision have abandoned local politics. Yeah, they'll cover the crazy stuff and the train wrecks and the car wrecks and the stabbings and, you know, all that. But in terms of a deep dive into local politics, they've abandoned that. And the result is we only have one Hispanic on the Houston City Council because the community Mm -hmm. checks out. They don't get the information. Yeah, Yeah, and I agree with you 100%. I think, you know, and that was making the point, like, let's say 10 years ago, even even six years ago, uh, the landscaping of uh, journalism, it it doesn't even look the same. It has changed. It has become very political. It has become more business first and then the responsibility of informing communities. And what we're trying to do is exactly what you're saying. We're trying to bring both sides of one issue. We want people to have the space to have a conversation about this so we can make better decisions for our community and that the community can inform. I agree with you 100%. That, you know, the lack of representation because our networks, our traditional networks, abandoned those issues is a reflection of that. And what we try to do Americano is bring those things back, that we can connect with our community, that we can listen to our community, that we can inform us to what's going on, that they can make own decisions. You know, that the issue for the past, let's say, four years, five, four or five years, is been heavily about politics because there's an agenda. There's a business agenda within it, and we are not going to go that route. We believe in the tool that we have uh, will have an Fact on how much we strengthen our democracy and do we allow people to make their own decisions, get informed. And that's why we're going in every single platform. We want to talk to our community if we want to give them the platform to for them to express themselves and and you know and we can work together. That's what we're here for. You know, we we we've seen in the past few years how uh, the credibility of the networks are going down on the toilet because people just don't trust them anymore. You know, yeah. it's not information. It's, it's propaganda, like we're saying. And censure, something that we have not seen to the level that we've seen in the past few years. I remember in my days in Washington, that uh, I'll give you an example. We'll take the department for a photo op uh, with some leader. And if one, if we're not allowed to have one editorial presence, nobody can do it. But now, the way it is, is like, if I don't agree with this narrative, then we, as, tra- as traditional press are going to censure this other news outlet because we don't agree editorial to what you're saying. Or, or the story that is a completely uh, uh, true story, we're going to ban it because actually that affects our political affiliation, which is what we do in 2020 with the story with the uh, son of the president. So the, the things that we're seeing right, knee, right now uh, on traditional media uh, is not even close to what we're looking at or seeing 10 years ago. So we came out and to say to the community, we are different. Even though we say we're conservative, conservative, 
we're the first journalist and we have a responsibility to bring to the center to the conversation the center of the issue. We need to find consensus. We need, you know, this country was uh, not only found but has developed because there's always been political consensus uh, uh, to better the country. Right now, that space is gone. And what we're trying to do is bring back that space so we can have that conversation and get the right information to our audience and to the communities so that they make that decision and, and actually strengthen the, uh, uh, you know, how we are as a community and a country. And I, and I think that's, that's the core of what we're doing. I want to ask you a question, and and unfortunately, we I think we have a bad connection. We're losing about ten percent of what you're saying, but we're getting I'm the gist sorry. of it. Uh, tell me a little bit about. Uh, I'm sort of curious about the business uh, 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 perspective on Americano. Is this a private equity group that decided to invest in uh, getting uh, you know both sides of the story out? Is how did this come about? Or did, did, it, it, you're not part of a network that is publicly traded like NBC or anyone else. I mean, no, so no, give us the corporate structure. Well, it's, it's, it's a private equity, you know, because of, of my NDS and I'm allowed to discuss a lot of the financial uh, aspect of the business, but it has nothing to do with the interest group. It has nothing to do with especially with money. It's, it's a private ent entity that actually decided that we need to do this, that it was about time. Uh, which is a good plan, you know, seeing the trending where things are going and how the community is being affected because of the fact that the other networks are going way too in, in the process of doing not only misinformation, but what I was saying, a lot of the censors. So they realized that we needed something like this and they worked together with us and we put together a plan and this is where we are. Uh, and, I, and I think that when we came out uh, uh, last week uh, on, on the 8th, uh, we probably we probably surprised everybody. We kept it we kept it really tight. Uh, we didn't talk about what this was gonna be. Uh, we, we didn't make it public so so fast or we we're not leaving because we want to create the impact that we did. It's like this is a new uh, Spanish twenty four seven network, and we are interested in bringing everybody together. Our group of shows will you know represents the world. Spain, uh, Central America, South America, the Caribbean, the U.S. Uh, it, it's been great working with all this group of new professionals and some of the names you know uh, to bring the conservative world around and say, hey, we're not going to tell you to vote this way, that way, or think that way. This is what we believe if it's happening. We're going to give you facts uh, on, our, on our news shows. We obviously have opinion shows. Uh, but our newscasts are back to the traditional newscasts. We need to inform our audience. We need to inform the community to what's going on, not only in their community, but around the world. Because the Internet right now, the weekly content has already, has already taken us global. You know, we're not local anymore. So that that's the understanding of bringing uh, Hispanics from, uh, you know, from everywhere, uh, not only in the U.S. and South and Central America, but also Spain and, and Israel. I think that that's a great thing that we were able to bring together uh, so many talented uh, journalists and anchors to put together the uh, kind of program that we are right now. Yeah, I'm seeing very, very familiar faces that uh, I used to see a long, long time ago and they're the real journalists and I am so happy. So I was going to talk, I was going to ask you about exactly the, the content, the shows that you guys are putting together and the quality of the staff, because not only 
um, you have you guys have journalists, but also I was talking to uh, an attorney. You guys have an attorneys uh, talking about mm -hmm. politics and talking about law. So it's a combination between journalists and professionals in another um, in another industries. Yes, because the thing is, like the community is represented by all that. Not only journalists, but attorneys and doctors and all that. And obviously have, have a story to tell and they have a way to say it. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a quick run through our grid. Like in the morning, we have a two-hour morning show, a magazine type that covers the entire world. And talked about all kinds of different issues and have guests. And our anchors are one Colombia, one Venezuela. And then after that show, we have a show called from the Dominican Republic uh, that brings all the Caribbean stories. And then from there, we go to the South Cone, Bonosur, from Argentina. It's a show that, that talked about all the issues in South America. Then we have a, a look at the world with a, with a show uh, here out of Miami. And also another newscast with international news, which is host from El Salvador, which is new. And what we do in the U.S. by like having a, a full new show anchor from Central America to the U.S. Uh, that's that's a really uh, great product. And then we also have commentary shows like La Hora de la Verdad with Londoño from uh, Colombia. We have a, a, a millennial show called Tech Talk. And, uh, and we have a really good show called Entre Líneas, which is a show that looks at the uh, traditional media and the way that they uh, they take the stories and spin it the way they do it. I think it's good that our community understand that we can teach them and show them what a new story is all about and we can spin it and give it an angle that they want people to believe one way to the story, but they're not giving the facts. I think that that's a very good show. Then we have shows like uh, a Perspectiva USA, the perspective of the United States, uh, Actualidad Noticiosa, will bring you up to speed with the main headline of the day um, around the world. We have their first and unique uh, uh, female anchor show on prime time to tackle all the uh, heavy political uh, uh, issues of the country. We have a, a doctor in economy, an economist that is part of the show. We have two great journalists, Daniel Alexandrino, Lucia Navarro, uh, and, and some other uh, uh, women that are doing that show, uh, which is, is unheard of on Spanish television and uh, Spanish media. And then we'll have Alfonso Aguilar from Washington, a, a, a political, a very political show out of DT. And then we have our lovely Patricia Candiani from LA, mm -hmm. Ana Patricia Candiani, that does show uh, name Usted Que Cree. Uh, so we have a really broad and great with a lot of different shows covering the entire world uh, so that every single in our grid. So, and it's been, so far it's been great. The uh, the reviews that we got has been great. You know, people were like, wow, this is the first uh, network that we see that the main issue, even Dr. Mexico, but it's not only Mexico. You know, we cover the entire world, entire communities, you know, from the South going all the way to Canada. So that's, that's very refreshing and appealing because immigration in the U.S., as you see, continues to grow from people from everywhere around the world. I think we need to make sure that those people with that information. Willie, I uh, want to thank you for your time. I know you're busy. Uh, I, I wish we had a better connection because I think what you've got to deliver is uh, very important, but maybe we can have you back on the program. But congratulations. Definitely. And I think that the, uh, Andrea, I think the programming is absolutely a uh, marvelous idea because 
Not only is Americano uh, offering information to people in North America, but I didn't know, as Willie just explained, that they're covering Spain, they're covering yeah. Latin America, yeah. Colombia, Mexico. El Salvador. And, and, and the reason that's important is because a lot of these leftist organizations originate from our countries. Correct. You know, they come with that mentality mm -hmm. that, that uh, you know, that, that government is corrupt, that the government has to provide them housing and provide them food and provide... No, government gives you opportunities and it provides you basic needs in the events of emergencies. But here in this country... It's our own initiatives. And so it's going to be delivering that message throughout Latin America. And and God knows the Spanish need it, too, over in Spain. But, the, you know, I was just thinking, as the cartels in Latin America, and especially in Mexico, try to stifle free press by assassinating yeah. reporters, this is a base to get good information out to Latin American countries. Correct. Because the cartels know they can't come here and randomly assassinate our reporters. And, the, be our and the beauty of this is, you know, you have access to a satellite, so everybody can uh, yes. listen to that. And also, I'm assuming that if you if you go to the website, you can also uh, uh, listen yeah, it and watch it. How did that work, uh, 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 Willie? On our website, americanomedia.com, you can actually listen to the live broadcast, and you can actually download the apps uh, uh, for Samsung or you know I, iPhone, and you can have it 24/7. Uh, besides being on satellite radio, so I think that that's that's the key that we can reach as many people as possible with the, uh, with the stories and the shows that we produce, and also like uh, uh, you know we were talking about having Spain uh, being part of this is great because you know that Spain has the uh, leftist government, a socialist uh, a government, and we are uh, making sure that the message is also heard because the Spaniards are uh, asking for this. They need this kind of information that is produced in the U.S. in Spanish that they can place it out there in Spain, and I think that's a great uh, opportunity for us uh, to unite uh, la hispanidad, like we know it. So that, that that's the goal. All right, Willie. Well, thank you. Enjoy the rest of your day, and we hope to have you guys back and some of your anchors back on the program soon. Willie, mil gracias thank por tu tiempo y de verdad felicitaciones a ti y a todo el equipo. Qué gran labor y qué super proyecto. Así que también estaremos apoyándolos cuando ustedes lo necesiten. Y un servicio que un beso. Un servicio que se necesita mucho porque la información que están dando es información que muchos no no han escuchado anteriormente porque nos dan la información que quieren, un, un reportero medio izquierdista. Y sobre todo en español. Es, en, a español eso vamos, en español en los nos dan más nosotros. información izquierdista que en inglés. Claro. Entonces, tener esta plataforma que te está dando un balance, porque lo que Willy está diciendo, sí estamos, eh, somos conservadores, pero estamos dando un balance. Le estamos diciendo a la gente, escoge tú. Eh, y tú decides. Tú decides. Y no solamente están entrevistando a candidatos o personas con pensamiento conservador. Están entrevistando a todo el mundo y que den sus puntos de vista, facts, lo que se llama facts, y simplemente los hechos. Aquí están, tú decides qué quieres, pero te estoy dando todo. Las dos plataformas, no solamente la que yo quiero que tú escuches. Ya, yeah, y ahora me recuerdo hablando en español tanto que tuvimos un mensaje por Facebook la semana pasada, oh, sí. pidiéndonos que hiciéramos el programa, el programa en, español. en español. Y no 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 sabemos cómo vamos a hacer eso. ¿Sabes qué? Había, había pensado yo eh, hacer media hora en inglés y media hora en español. 
para tener una hora y hacerlo bilingüe. Porque sabes que ya, si la gente lo está pidiendo, mira lo que está pasando con Americano. Es una plataforma en español. Si la gente está pidiendo que nuestro programa también sea en español, me parece muy importante porque estamos, eh, pues se llama Texas Latino Conservatives. Y, y hay muchos latinos conservadores que prefieren, aunque hablen inglés, prefieren escuchar el contenido o ver el contenido en español. No, y también me da la oportunidad de aprender un poco de español. Para que tú seas la maestra. Para que sea yo, yo soy la, el maestro sí, en inglés. por favor, dame un break. Tú, tú, entonces tú te conviertes a mi maestra en español. Exacto. Y me ayudas porque estoy, tengo un poco de rumbre en la mente hablando no, español. No, sí hablas bien, sí hablas bien. Te, te puedes Pero comunicar. bueno, sabemos y hemos recibido sus mensajes que quieren que hagamos el programa en español y tratamos de adivinar cómo podemos lograr eso. Sí, vamos, vamos a buscar la forma manténganse para... Manténganse con paciencia ahí, vamos a adivinar algo y posiblemente hacemos un programa media hora en español, media hora en inglés. Uh -huh. Pero hay muchas personas también que hablan inglés que quieren aprender a hablar español. También, también. Así que, there you go. That will be good. So, for those that wanting to learn Spanish, you can watch half our program in Spanish. And for those Spanish speakers, yeah. they can learn how to speak English. Our producer know. has been learning a little bit. He has. He's, he's going to yeah. be bilingual by next year. <laughs> Un poquito, yeah. dice. Poquito. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, appreciate Willie being with us. I'm sorry we had a, a bad connection, but hey, it's modern technology. There's not much we can do about it, but we'll have him back. Remember, we're going to be in San Antonio, Texas on April the 5th for a lunch honoring our tough Tejano. We're celebrating Tejano Day in Texas, which is actually April 6th. So the day before, we're going to be there. We also have, uh, we will be in San Antonio during Fiesta. And Fiesta is a big deal in San Antonio. And uh, so in 2020, we were going to go to San Antonio and we produced some medals. People collect medals And so we'll have those for you. Um, so it'll be very unique. It'll be a collector item. We weren't able to pass those out. We have some beautiful medals we're going to be passing out. So if you're interested in joining us and watching Chingo Bling, having lunch with the governor, meeting our uh, co-chairs for the event, which is Charlie Amato and Hope Andrade and former Congressman Henry Bonilla, make sure you go to toughtejano.com. Tough tejano.com buy your tickets or sponsor a table and bring some young conservative latinos with you it'll be a great afternoon then don't forget that cinco de mayo which is may 5th in houston we are bringing gary hobbs a great tejano band out of eagle pass texas down in maverick county to the west wind club off of gun g-u-h-n gun road near 290 you can get tickets they're free Uh, free tickets. You'll get two adult beverages when you come in, all sponsored by our great sponsors, which are some of the Miller distributors here in the Houston area. And uh, the tickets are free. That website isn't up. Just monitor Texas Latino Conservatives and go to events. And we'll have a site where you can download your tickets. They're free. And so make sure that you join us Cinco de Mayo and have an adult beverage with us. Una cervecita. Y la famosa Andrea Gómez. Y vayan ahí. a ver a Andrea, parece circo, ya, ya tú dijiste. Y vayan a ver a Andrea. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Muchísimas gracias por haber estado con nosotros, habernos acompañado en esta hora. Thank you so much for being with us this 
hour and please visit us in texaslatinoconservatives.com texaslatinoconservatives.com you're going to find all the links for the uh, Tough Tejano Awards and also Leadership Latino all the information that we have to offer and of course you're going to um, see all the links to watch our shows in case that you miss it live you can watch it also on YouTube and become a member it's only $35 a year become a member or give us your contribution Thank you all. See you next week. Nos vemos el próximo miércoles.